Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. From verse 2 to verse 5. Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. If you are there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I read. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the first kings. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt, there were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them had not, then they had not circumcised. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this morning we continue discussing the topic we called the battles of Joshua. The battles of Joshua. And I believe uh, this is the fifth uh, part in the discussion. And we've looked at how Joshua became the leader, how he took over from Moses. We've looked at how the children of Israel crossed into the promised land. We've looked at how the Lord chose amongst them two spies, anonymous and unknown, but who did what the Lord wanted done. And this morning, we are going to be discussing what I call the battle of identity. What did I say? The battle of identity. In other words, there came a point in time that Israel must answer a question. And it's a simple question. And that question is, who are we? Who are we? Can you ask your neighbor, who am I? It's a question you need to ask yourself before you move forward. It's a question the children of Israel needed to answer. Having crossed the river Jordan into the promised land. It's a question which if not properly answered will have limited how far the children of Israel will go in the promised land. Because when the Lord spoke to Abraham, the Lord gave him a promise. That his children will inherit the land wherein Abraham was a stranger. He was just moving around. And it was a long story up to the point that Israel came out of Egypt. When the Lord commissioned Joshua, the Lord told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. And he went not by it in verse 5 by telling him that no man 
shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Say, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. So the children of Israel were a people of covenant. Everything that God had done for them up to the time they got to the promised land was because God kept his covenant. But there was a part of the covenant that they had been keeping and at a point in time, they failed to continue to keep. In Genesis chapter 17, from verse 7 to verse 14, we see God addressing Abraham when he called him, or after, sometime after he called him. In verse 8, he said, I will give unto thee, unto thy seed after thee, the land where you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now look at verse 9. God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. And what was the covenant? In verse 10, the Bible says, This is my covenant, which he shall keep. Between me and you and thy seed after thee, every man child among you shall be what? Circumcised. Every man child shall be circumcised. And he went on in verse 14 to say, The uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his skin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He had broken my covenant. So the children of Israel were a people of covenant. Well, as long as they kept the covenant, God kept his own part of the bargain. But the Bible says Israel in the wilderness did not keep this covenant. And it was not surprising that they did not keep the covenant. Because the man that led Israel in the wilderness, what was his name? What was the name of, of their leader in the wilderness? Moses. The Bible tells us that even Moses, when he was in Midian, did not circumcise his sons. When you look at Exodus chapter 4, from verse 24 to verse 26, Moses had two sons in the land of Midian, and he did not circumcise them. And even after God called him, the Bible says the Lord met him by the way and sought to kill him. Because the Bible was, God was clear. In Genesis 17 verse 14, he said, Whosoever is uncircumcised shall be cut off. And so even though God wanted to use Moses, he realized that Moses has failed to circumcise his children. And thank God for the wife of Moses. She realized what was happening. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 4 verse 25, she took a knife, a, a sharp knife, and cut off the foreskin of her son. She realized that the issue was that the boy was not circumcised. So, that same error was repeated in the wilderness. For the 40 years that Israel was wandering in the wilderness, the children were not circumcised. Brethren, it wasn't as if they were walking around all the 40 years. No. There were times that they settled for years. And then God would say, it's time to move forward. And how long will it take between circumcision and the children are hold? Maybe a week, maybe two weeks. So it wasn't as if they had no time. They just did not fulfill that law in the wilderness. But God is a God of mercy. Tell somebody God is a God of mercy. 
and he will have mercy upon you today. Tell your neighbor, God will have mercy upon you today. Now tell that person, God will have mercy upon me today. God is a God of mercy. He recognized that error. And before they could go further in the promised land, so that that error will not be their undoing, he made provision for them to rectify the error. For the children of Israel, brethren, circumcision, even right from the time of, of, uh, of Jacob, was an issue of fellowship. If you are not circumcised, you could not come in to the household of Israel. If you are not circumcised, you could not marry their children. Their children could not marry yours. And we see this demonstrated in Genesis chapter 34, from verse 15 to verse 17. Even though the children of Israel used it to trick uh, the, 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 uh, the people that came to them, that wanted to be uh, uh, marry their daughter, marry Dinah. But it was clear that they said, you can't, we can only intermarry with you or have fellowship with you if you, if every male of your kindred is circumcised. So it was an issue of fellowship. It was an issue that, that brought them together. But of course, in our dispensation today, when we talk of circumcision, we are talking of what the Bible calls the circumcision of the heart. The circumcision of what? Of the heart, not of the flesh. And that's why in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16, Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16, the Bible says, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Do not be stubborn. Like a man of God observed. He said, being stubbornly resistant to the word of God is a sign of an uncircumcised heart. Being what? Being stubbornly resistant to the word of God. Knowing only what you want to do. Doing God's own work your own way is what? Is a sign of an uncircumcised heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6, Moses was speaking to the children of Israel before he left. He said, the Lord thy God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that thou mayest live. So it's very important that our hearts be touched and be prepared for the word of God. In the book of Ezekiel, he said, he would take away the heart of stone and replace it with what? The heart of flesh. He would take away the heart of stone. He would replace it with the heart of flesh. And when we come to Acts chapter 15, from verse 24 to verse 29, Acts 15, 24 to 29, we see the apostles telling the, 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 the children of the Gentiles that believed, that what we expect of you is not necessarily the circumcision of the foreskin, but the circumcision of the heart that you might have access to the Lord, that you might be close unto the Lord in your heart and not in your flesh. And this is very important. 
The question we are discussing today is, who am I? The battle of identity that Joshua and the children of Israel had to fight before they could possess the promised land. Until they recognized who they were, that they were children of covenant, that they were sons and daughters of covenant, that they must fulfill their part of that covenant. There was no moving forward. And the same thing for each and every one of us here today, brethren. Today is the first Sunday in the month of February. The question is, who are you? Are you a child of God? Is your heart circumcised? Is there a covenant relationship between you and God? That is the basis on which you can enjoy the mercy of God this month. That is the basis on which the rest of the year can be glorious. That is the basis on which the enemy can try, but he will fail. Because, brethren, we know if anyone tells you the enemy will not try, is the person telling you the truth? No. To say that there is no enemy is the height of deception. The enemy will try. But I speak to somebody's life today, the enemy will fail. I said the enemy will fail. I said the enemy will fail. Once this error was rectified in the lives of the children of Israel, the Bible tells us that the first thing that, was, that happened is that the reproach of Egypt was rolled away. The reproach of Egypt was what? Was rolled away. Was rolled away. In Joshua chapter 5 verse 9. Joshua chapter 5 verse 9. The Bible says, The Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of that place is called Gilgal unto this day. Every reproach of Egypt concerning your life. God himself will roll away today in Jesus' name. What is the reproach of Egypt? The reproach of Egypt is the reproach of slavery. Is the reproach of what? Slavery. Always serving. And never getting to the point where you are, you are, I mean, you take charge of your life, of your situation, of your destiny, as much as God gives you the grace. Joseph, brethren, was once a servant. He was once a slave. But there, was, there came a day that God rolled away that reproach from him. He moved from the prison to the palace. Every reproach of slavery in your life, the Lord will, will take away today in Jesus' name. The reproach of Egypt is the reproach of slave masters. The reproach of what? Slave masters. Task masters. People that will run you to the ground. There's nothing you do that is enough. The Bible says, when Moses went and said, Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, let my people go. That Pharaoh said, oh, you guys are idle. And he spoke to the taskmasters. Increase their burden. It's because they are idle that they are talking about leaving the land of Egypt. Every taskmaster in your life, God himself will fight them for you in Jesus' name. I say, God himself will fight for you in Jesus' name. The reproach of Egypt is the reproach of walking much and reaping little. The reproach of what? Walking much and reaping little. All the hard work is done by you. But there's nothing to show for it. 
Somebody else gets the reward. God will roll away that reproach on your life today in Jesus' name. So once this error was rectified, number one, the reproach of Egypt was rolled away from the, from the lives of the children of Israel. Number two, there was a celebration of Passover. There was a celebration of what? Passover. In that Joshua chapter 5 verse 10, the Bible says the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the place of Jericho. That was a special Passover. It was a Passover that demonstrated to them how far God has brought them. And I speak to somebody's life here today, this year is a year of celebration. I say this year is your year of celebration. You will celebrate and be celebrated in Jesus' name. Once you know who you are, once your heart is circumcised, once the Lord knows you as a son, as a daughter, once your connection or relationship with God is established, or as the case may be, re-established. Number three. For the children of Israel, there was a supernatural provision. There was what? A supernatural provision. In that same Joshua chapter 5, from verse 11. Joshua chapter 5, verse 11. Joshua 5, 11. The Bible says, They did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, on living cakes and parched corn, in the self same day. And the manna ceased after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Now it's very important that you realize that what they ate was not what they planted. Amen? Amen. They were new in the promised land. The moment after that celebration, they began to eat of the land. But what they ate was not anything that they planted. It wasn't even their harvest. It is the harvest that the people of the land had prepared. They prepared it for the children of Israel. And I want to pray into somebody's life here today. Whoever is sitting on that seat that belongs to you, he will prepare your harvest for you. Amen. I say he will prepare your harvest for you. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 to 11, that when they get to that promised land, when they begin to eat of, I mean, fruits that they did not plant, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 to 11, houses they did not build. The houses filled of good things. Harvest that it's not because they, they planted. It's not because they harvested, but because of divine provision. When you know who you are, when you know where you stand with God, when your heart is circumcised in God, there is a divine provision that you will not miss. And you will not miss that provision in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not miss the provision in Jesus' name. Amen. That is why that same Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, tells the children of Israel that when you, you will get to a point that you begin to enjoy, that which is not necessarily because you have prepared for it. Say, but when you get to that point, that you shall remember the Lord thy God 
For it is he that giveth thee what? The power to get wealth. It is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth. In that land, in other words, in the year 2019, it's only God that can make you to prosper. I say it's only God that can make you to prosper. I say it is only God that can make you to prosper. And God will make you to prosper in Jesus' name. God will make you to prosper if you, if you go about prosperity in the ways of God. And that's why the circumcision of your heart becomes very important. That's why your identity becomes very important. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 is a passage we are very familiar with. It says, my God. Tell somebody, my God. Shall do what? How many of my needs? According to what? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. So let's say that verse again. My God shall supply all my needs according in glory. So he's going to supply the needs not according to what you need. But according to what? His riches in glory. And brethren, his riches in glory is unquantifiable. So that tells me that he will supply with no limitation. He will do what? There's no limit to what God will supply. There's no limit to what God will give. There's no limit to his provision. But you need to establish the question, who are you? Who are you? That's very important. If he knows you, if you are his. Nothing, it's like a friend of mine will say, some people will say that the sky is the limit. But he says the, the sky is what? It's the beginning. It's not the limit. If you know who you are, if your heart is circumcised in the Lord, if the God of Jacob is your God, if the King of Kings is your King, then he will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. And he will do that for you in Jesus' name. When you know who you are in him, when you are a part of that covenant relationship, then he will give you guidance into every battle in life. He will give you what? Into what? Every battle in life. After Joshua and the children of Israel have circumcised all those that were not circumcised, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5, from verse 13 to verse 15, the captain of the host of the Lord's army appeared to Joshua and gave him instruction on the battle that lies ahead. See, it's very simple, brethren. All that is required is that you be a part of that covenant. All that is required is that you know and recognize the covenant that you have with the Lord. All that is required is that you are able to answer that question, Who am I? And if you are, then God will give you guidance into every battle that lies ahead. And you'll be victorious in Jesus' name. I said you'll be victorious in Jesus' name. Finally, you are going to worship the Lord in spirit and not in flesh. You will do what? You worship the Lord in spirit and not in flesh. 
In John chapter 4, verse 24, the Bible says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must do what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. If you know who you are, if your covenant with him is established, if your covenant with him is true, if your covenant with him is life, then you can stand in him and your worship is not an abomination unto him. And that's very important. And we're going to pray this morning, brethren, before we begin to, before we begin to praise the Lord. We're going to pray. But before we pray, we must ask ourselves that question. If we're going to make a headway this year, if we're going to achieve divine purpose this year, if what God has promised you will be attained this year, you must ask yourself that question. Who am I? Who am I? With all that God had done for Israel, without that circumcision that he instructed them, they would not have inherited the promised land. Because God is a covenant-keeping God. Because God is a God of covenant. And brethren, his covenant never fails. And he's here to ensure that he keeps that covenant with you and I. But we must ask ourselves that question. Who am I? Am I in covenant with him? Is that blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary, does that blood avail for me? If Christ should come today, will he count me as one of his own? Or will he say unto me, depart from me for, for, for what? I know you not. That is the question we must answer this morning. Because today is our Thanksgiving service. Before we begin to give him thanks, we must ensure that the thanks that we give unto him is acceptable unto him. We must ensure that we can indeed enter into his gate with thanksgiving. And enter into his court with praises. Now let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads this morning. Let's bow down our heads this morning. The battle of identity. Who are you? Who are you? That's the question we must answer this morning. Or maybe we should say unto ourselves, who am I? Who am I? Is there a connection? Is there a relationship between you and him today? If not, this is an opportunity for you to go before him. This is an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I recognize your lordship and your authority over my life. I want you to take total control of my situation. I reestablish that covenant. I reestablish that covenant. Or maybe you've never established the covenant before. Saying, I establish the covenant. Maybe what you are saying this morning is saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Who are you? That your identity must be established before you can give him thanks, before you can praise him, before you can pray unto him this morning. Your identity must be established. Who are you? That's very important. That's very important. Have you identified one or two obstacles that can hinder you from getting close to him the way you want, the way you desire? You can begin to address them with him this morning. You are talking to your father. You are talking to the king of kings and the lord of lords. The one who was, the one who is, the one who forevermore shall be. The one who knows you in and out. The one who knew you before you came here today. The one that told Joshua 
that except these people be circumcised, you cannot move forward. The one that is saying unto you this morning, your heart must be circumcised before you move forward. You are the-